welcome to season two of the Daily Driver podcast presented by ThisIsBracketRacing.com. I'm your host, Luke Bogacki. A while back, I was watching the NBA playoffs with my son when former coach, current commentator, Stan Van Gundy, he said something that, that struck me as poignant. To paraphrase, his words were something to this extent. There are a lot of talented players, but there's never been and never will be a superstar that doesn't possess incredible basketball IQ. Again, that was Stan Van Gundy. What he's describing is not smarts in the sense that most of us tend to think about them, but rather on-court decision-making, right? He's talking about Players who seem to constantly be in the right place at the right time, who play unselfishly, who consistently make decisions appropriate to the time and score that do things to help their team. Naturally, I, I thought about this concept within the confines of our own form of competition, and I think that Van Gundy's quote rings true within our sport as well. In racing, the best of the best have a tendency to find themselves, or perhaps to put themselves in the right place at the right time. The best sportsman racers, they know when to trust their car, and they also know when to dial up and hold. They have this sense of when to cross the finish line first, when to get behind. While I'd argue that most successful racers have a consistently aggressive approach, especially at the starting line, there are often situations that justify rolling the dice and dialing that aggression up a notch, increasing the possibility of a red light. And then there are also situations in which dialing it back a notch, approaching around with a little bit more caution and a little bit more conservative nature. There are times when that's warranted too. That is racing IQ. In my work coaching racers for well over a decade, I've come to realize that, by and large, we are a results-based lot. When we're unsuccessful, we have a tendency to look back on our performance with this 2020 vision that hindsight provides. Once we know that we gave back a would-be winning round by stepping off the throttle before the finish line, it's easy to say, oh, I knew I was going to run dead on. Why did I lift? It's just as easy following a breakout to say, Jeez, I can't believe I didn't lift. I was so far ahead. In retrospect, when we know all the answers, these decisions, they're so clear. But coming into the round, before you knew the answers, were you confident you're dialing? Or was there a shadow of doubt? If you weren't sure that you could hold it wide open and run that on, was it really a mistake to lift before the finish line? If you were sure that you could run dead on without lifting, was it really a mistake to hold the throttle to the floor? What I find more instructive than looking back and saying, oh, I should have done the obvious in hindsight, what I find more instructive is backing up that retrospection a bit further. Rather than reverting to the moment of decision, those fractions of a second on the racetrack, let's back it up to the moment when you didn't have all the answers. Before you pulled into the water box, what was your game plan? What was your mindset for that round? In retrospect, was that strategy 
justifiable. While we tend to believe that most of our mistakes are the result of poor execution, in my experience, I'd actually argue that most of our mistakes are the result of poor or insufficient strategy and preparation. Strategy, that, that's an interesting term, right? You may be thinking that strategy in sportsman or bracket racing is simple. I'm going to be double O and run dead on my dial and that's my strategy. Sure, <laughs> there's no denying that's a great strategy. And when the stars align and we execute that with precision, it's nearly unbeatable. The problem is that situationally, that strategy is more difficult to execute at some times than it is at others. That applies not only to us, but also to our opponents. Understanding that, and more importantly, how to overcome it, how to take advantage of it, well, that's situational awareness. That is racing IQ. In my mind, there are three facets of racing IQ. The first is a base IQ. Simply put, this is a keen understanding of what needs to happen on the racetrack and why. It's understanding the math of sportsman drag racing, the blueprint that reaction time lays for the rest of the run, and what has to line up in order to make that math fall into your favor. Base IQ includes the basics that, to be honest, I find lacking in a strikingly significant portion of sportsman competitors. If you're thinking, geez, it'd be nice to find a resource to learn those fundamentals from a reliable and objective source, well, allow me to insert a shameless plug. <laughs> Check out our comprehensive library of instructional resources today at thisisbracketracing.com. The second factor of racing IQ is technical IQ. Now, this can get pretty divergent, pretty specific, but at its core, technical IQ is an understanding of how we need our equipment to perform and how to adjust that equipment to make it more conducive for success. I can name several successful racers that don't have a great hands-on knowledge of the mechanics of their vehicles, but if they're successful, typically they've aligned with someone who does. In this day and age, more now than ever, the best driver is not going to have consistent success without a great race car. To be clear, there are a lot of good racers, successful racers, who possess these two facets of racing IQ. While essential, this level of understanding and compression, in, this level of understanding and comprehension, it's not all that unique in this day and age. Developing base IQ technical IQ can and will make you a better racer, it won't make you a great racer. It is necessary and yet not sufficient. What great racers tap into, that good racers don't, is the third facet of racing IQ. And I'd argue that while it's the most important facet to possess, it's also useless if not built on the foundation of the other two facets. This third level is what I like to call individual IQ, or better put, knowledge of yourself. Ultimately, we can read all the instruction available. We can spend hours tinkering on the mechanics, but knowledge, it must be applied. And these cars, they don't drive themselves. 
They're driven by us, real, flawed human beings. In addition to a keen understanding of the fundamentals and a solid grasp on the technical aspect of our sport, the best racers typically, typically possess an extreme level of self-awareness. They are acutely aware of what they're capable of and what they're comfortable with. Perhaps more importantly, they're also aware what they're seldom capable of and often uncomfortable with. And they're willing to alter their strategy situationally to cater to those strengths and to guard against those weaknesses. That's the biggest difference. It's not necessarily a greater knowledge base. At the highest level of our sport, the majority of the field has a similar grasp on base IQ. And it's oversimplified to say that technical IQ is the differentiator. At the highest levels, seemingly everybody has great cars. I would argue that in most cases, the best of the best don't even possess dramatically greater skills than the rest of the field. They simply understand how to put themselves in the best position to showcase those skills race after race and round after round. That is situational awareness. That is racing IQ.